to the Employer Blueprint Podcast, where we help leaders build great teams for great companies with your host, entrepreneur and leadership coach, Kyle Gorman. Thank you so much for joining us this week, bringing you something just a little bit different this time. Uh, Instead of having a guest on, what I'm going to do is I'm I'm actually sharing a portion uh, of a recording from a mastermind that I facilitate. So I have a group of small business leaders that meet twice a month. And uh, in that meeting, we open up uh, opportunity to share and to provide information and to ask questions. But also, I take a little bit of time in that meeting um, to cover a specific topic. And uh, so over the next few months, I'm going to share just the the direct recording that comes from those groups. So you have an opportunity to hear some of the same topics that they've had the experience to be a part of. Um, And so this actually was recorded back in May. And we're talking about evaluating the shape of your team. Uh, It's a great topic, a lot of really valuable information in here. It actually stems from the concepts, uh, stem from one of my favorite leadership books called The Way of the Shepherd. Highly encourage you to check that out. Um, and if you know if you hear something in here and you say, hey, I want to be a part of a group like that. I want to be with a group that is talking about these things and is sharing information and is, and is um, you know, supporting each other uh, where I can ask questions and I can share knowledge and expertise that I have as well, please reach out and, and let me know. I'd love to get you some more information and have you come visit our group. Again, we meet twice a month on uh, a Friday morning, so I'd love to have you come check out our mastermind. Um, Hope you enjoy this week's episode. As always, if there's any particular topic that you'd like to get some more information on, please don't hesitate to reach out and let us know. You can contact us at podcast at employerblueprint.com. Hope you enjoy this week's episode. It's a little shorter than normal, but a lot of really great content packed into this space. The topic we're going to be talking about is evaluating the condition of your team, um, which may seem like sort of an unusual topic given um, everything that we're facing right now or everything that's happening uh, around us. But the reason I think this particular topic is so relevant um, is because we have, um, you know, there's a big question about what are you doing right now to prepare yourself for the future, prepare your team for the future. Um, you know, it, it's uh, one of the things that I've been asked a lot about is what do we do right now? And, um, you know, selling is, is sort of hard to do right now. Obviously, there's a lot we can do around uh, some customer relationships and things like this. But it is important that we're doing everything we can to prepare ourselves and prepare our business, prepare our team for what happens when things get back to some sense of normal. And, um, and this topic in particular, I think, is incredibly valuable as it relates to how we prepare in that direction. So, um, what we're going to be talking about is evaluating the condition of your team. And I want to give credit where credit is due. Uh, the, the acronym for this uh, that we're going to go through is called SHAPE. And um, this actually comes from a book uh, called uh, The Way of the Shepherd. Um, it's a great book. If you haven't read it, I highly recommend it. We're going to dive much deeper than what he does in the book about this concept. But I love the acronym that he's using around this. And I love the attributes um, that, that the authors speak to because I think they are incredibly beneficial. And the whole goal here is to really make sure that you are diving deep to understand uh, the people on your team and that you're building the appropriate relationships. 
So um, as we as we dive into this, the first thing we're going to look at is we want to make sure that with each individual on our team, we are identifying their strengths. And, um, you know, th this is really what we're talking about here is, is like, what are the skills that they bring to the table? Um, we all understand the concept of strengths and weaknesses, but, uh, but there are different ways to sort of identify what these strengths are, what the skills are that people um, have for us and, and how we can use those uh, to benefit and value the, the individual and obviously also um, benefit the company. So uh, one note that I want to make here is that how well you're going to be able to identify the strengths of an individual um, vary significantly based on the relationship that you have with the individual and especially with the length of time that you've had a relationship with them. So obviously, um, you know, an employee that you've had for 10, 15 years, you have a much stronger understanding of the strengths that they have compared to someone that maybe you're in the interview process with or, you know, as a brand new employee for you. But the three areas of, of skills that I want us to understand to be thinking about um, are, are these three that I have listed and we're going to dive into those here. So the first one is what we would call the inherent skills. These are the things that they bring to the table. I mean, it almost feels like they're born with it. It just happens. It's sort of involuntary. Um, these are, are, are nearly automatic in the way that they operate. And uh, so these are things, you know, like if someone is just naturally detailed, they're naturally analytical, they're a good problem solver. Maybe they have specific strengths to the industry or to the position that they're in. Um, these are things that, you know, when they walk through the door, it just sort of happens naturally. Those are fairly easy to identify. Um, but then the next level of that, as, as we uh, maybe even kind of, you know, take a step up from that where it's not quite as obvious, are what we would call the transferable skills. And so these transferable skills don't necessarily directly relate to the role that they're in or the position that they're in, but they are close enough that you can bridge that gap. Um, one of the examples that I give on these transferable skills quite frequently is um, you know, we, we were working with an agency a couple of years ago, uh, helping them fill a, a customer support role. And in that role, we had a ton of candidates, but the one that really stood out was a um, clerk at a gas station. That was a previous work experience, which doesn't necessarily, you know, there's certainly not an inherent skill that, that you can say, okay, well, this directly relates to what they're going to be doing in a, in a customer service role. But as we were able to dive in through that process and get to know the candidate a little bit, we, we recognized they were great at building relationships. They had proven a ton of loyalty um, in that role and for that company. They loved to help people and support others. And so there were a lot of transferable skills there. If you take those skills and you put them in that different role, that's, that's a sign of them being able to be successful. So those are the things that we're looking at in transferable skills is how can we bridge that gap into the role that they're in. And <clears throat> this is especially beneficial if you're having trouble with someone fitting in the role that they're in then try to take a look at the transferable skills they have because maybe those skills will fit elsewhere in the agency. And so we want to make sure we understand what the transferable skills are. And then the last one, um, even, even less tangible, are coachable skills, or you might call them learnable skills, trainable skills. Can, uh, can they learn what is needed to, to be successful? And so um, great example, something to think about with this, 
or you know, if you if you're in a very automated company, um, you've done a great job of going paperless. Then, do they have the technology skills? You know, do they understand technology well enough to be able to adapt to that environment? Um, do they have the ability to understand the products and services that you carry, or do they have kind of the general communication style um, to to adapt properly to your clients? And are these things that they can learn? Are these things that you can coach them in? So, you know, we kind of go from the most tangible, the most obvious to the least obvious, but these are all things that we want to evaluate and understand about someone's strengths. And again, the longer you know someone, the easier it's going to be to really identify, you know, those top level, those inherent skills. The other thing that we need to understand about someone is we need to know their heart. And, um, you know, the way that Dr. Kevin Lehman uh, talks about this is, is, is understanding their passions. Uh, we're going to take that a step further. And, and what's important here is that we need to understand passions. We need to understand motivations. We need to understand goals. Sort of what drives them? And that, that's really the way that I think about this is what drives, what's that driving motivating factor for someone? And um, frankly, this is one of the most common spaces that I see a breakdown in the employer-employee relationship um, because oftentimes someone may have the skill to do a job, but if their heart isn't in it, if they don't have that passion for it, if they don't have that drive for it, they're never going to be successful. And <clears throat> this can be for any number of reasons. Um, maybe they just don't see future in the role. Um, it doesn't fulfill their purpose for some reason or they don't identify uh, with the mission of the company. But for whatever reason, that drive just isn't there. Well, if the drive's not there, it doesn't matter how good the skills are. They're never truly going to be successful because they're never truly going to be um, satisfied. Now, on the flip side of this, if you know the heart of someone and you know what drives them, then you can look for places to help them excel in the role. And so what this allows you to do is the more you know the heart of someone that allows you to speak to their motivations so that you can help them understand how those motivations do relate back to the company and relate to the role that they're in, um, ultimately looking for some sort of alignment. So <clears throat> if someone loves helping people, um, you know, be sure they understand how your agency helps people, how the product services that you have actually help people. And you may have to drill down a little bit. It may not be uh, quite as, as obvious as just, you know, doing this helps with that. Um, but, but if you understand what that motivation is for someone, then what you can do is help them understand how that does actually align well with the agency. <coughs> Excuse me. And so, um, you know, one of the obvious questions that comes up from this is how do we know someone's heart? You know, it seems pretty, um, uh, you know, pretty personal as we as we dive into this, even more personal than some of the others. But one of the recommendations that I have here is look at the things that they're doing outside of work. Um, what are their priorities? What are their interests? You know, if you know that, if you notice that they love spending time with their family, if you notice that they love serving in the community, um, if they participate in, in sports or extracurriculars of some kind, you know, that helps you get an understanding of what are they doing with their free time. If that's what they're doing with their free time, it probably relates well to their, um, to their interests, to their motivations, to their drives. And so that will help you start to understand the heart of the individual and help you figure out how you can make sure that you're aligning that well with the role that they're in. 
The next thing is we want to assess uh, their attitude. And um, <clears throat> before we ever do this, before we sit down and think through the attitude of the individual people, what we need to do is we need to identify the attitude that you want in your business. Now, most of you automatically are going to be thinking about, I want someone that's positive. I want them hardworking. I want them loyal. We all have sort of the same uh, ideological definition of, um, of attitude of what we're looking for, but we've got to take this to the next level because if every single person out there is looking for someone that's positive, hardworking, and loyal, well, what are the chances that everybody is all of those things all the time, right? Uh, Patrick Lencioni talks about it as being hungry, humble, and smart. Um, but if every company is looking for that, what are the chances that all 300 and something million of us in America match that? Well, it's obviously pretty slim. So what we have to think about instead is at sort of the next level to that is what's the most critical for you? And think about like, what are your pet peeves? So as an example, if you can deal with somebody that's a bit of a Debbie Downer, but you can't handle someone that has no work ethic, well, then work ethic becomes your priority. If you can handle someone that hey, pretty flexible and loose with their schedule, but they've got to have a positive attitude every day whenever they come in, that becomes your priority. So you can put an idealistic view of this together. I remember one time, I don't remember which book it was, but I was reading a John Maxwell book and he, he listed like 50 attributes and said, well, I'll never hire anybody that doesn't have these 50 attributes. And I call bluff on that because uh, I'm pretty sure no one actually has all 50 of the attributes that were mentioned there. So what we have to be thinking about is what, what's most critical to us, okay? Um, and one note that I would make as it relates to attitude is that I'm actually going to recommend that of all of the things that we're going to talk about today, all of the attributes here, this is the most important to evaluate, to assess, to understand. And if you are putting these in order of priority, this is the top priority because a good attitude can lead to positive behaviors in the other areas. And so th this, this good attitude can actually overshadow a lot of the challenges that, uh, that someone may have in another area. So I believe that attitude is actually the top priority of all of these areas that we're talking about, the one that you should be paying the closest attention to. The next, we're going to talk about evaluating their personality. Um, now, some of you may disagree. I'll give you my opinion on this. Uh, I don't believe that personalities are inherently bad, although I think attitudes can be. Um, but I do believe personalities can be bad for the position, for the role, for the season of life that they may be in. So we've probably all heard the concept of right person, right seat on the bus. Um, Jim Collins making that uh, a famous concept and EOS talks about that quite a bit as well. Uh, right person, right seat on the bus. And so what we need to understand is if we, if we assume there is no right or wrong personality, but we can understand there are better and worse personalities for each position. Um, so this is why uh, we see this happen quite frequently. Many of you have probably experienced the same. Someone can struggle with one company, but then go to another company and thrive. Or oftentimes what we hear is the opposite in that, you know, I think they did really well at this company, um, but then they came here and they started working for me and they just don't perform as well. Well, <clears throat> 
Um, it's, it's understanding their personality and how that's going to fit in well with their surroundings and everything that's happening, happening around them, uh, to be sure that you have them in the right seat so that they can thrive. So what you want to understand is not only does the personality fit into the agency, fit into your company, but is it right for the position in the company? So as, as an example here, your preference may be someone that's, uh, you know, loud, outspoken, big personality, but is that going to be the right fit for, say, a support role in the office, you know, a customer service role? Uh, or maybe, you know, maybe you prefer someone that is um, a little more kind of calm, reserved, quiet, uh, and that may be fine, but is that going to be the best solution for your clients for, from a producer sales perspective? Now, what I want you to understand is it's not one or the other, Okay, so it's not necessarily right or wrong, but this should be considered in conjunction with all of these other attributes that we're talking about today to figure out the right profile of the person that's going to fit well in the position. But it is good and it's important for you to understand um, what their personality is to make sure that you are putting them up and setting them up in a position to, to help them thrive and really excel. The last piece we're talking about here is leveraging their experiences. And similar to what we talked about with strengths, um, the longer you've known someone, the better you're going to understand their experiences, because it's not just about one experience. This is about plural experiences. Uh, this is, there, there are so many things that go along with this. And the most important thing I want you to understand as it relates to this piece of it is that we're not just talking about work experience on a resume. Okay, we're talking about all of the experiences that have ultimately led to where they are today and that have created the worldview that they live in. Um, you know, so, uh, you know, I've listed a couple things in here as it relates to background, obviously the work experience and life experience, but things like their upbringing, their home life and their education. Those are certain experiences that are going to shape the way that someone operates. Um, what are the what are the cultures and the expectation of previous jobs? So this is, as it relates to work experience, what I really want you to think about as it relates to work experience is not just simply that work experience on the resume, but what was the culture of, um, of, the, of the position that they were in? What was the, um, um, what were the expectations of where they were? You know, I hear this frequently and just actually just talked to a, um, uh, an agency owner, uh, I think it was Tuesday of this week, and he was talking about a particular company that he had hired from. They'd hired like three people that had come from this, uh, from, a, from a competitor, and he said it never worked out because the expectations there were different than the expectations they had. So again, we go back to talking about the skill set. Well, the skills were there, but they came from a different culture, a different set of expectations. And so they came in and they just didn't perform well. So when you think about work experience, don't just simply look at what it says on the resume, but um, what, uh, what's the actual uh, work environment that they've been in and how is that going to relate well? And then, you know, Tara mentions in here in the chat, if you all see that, you know, did they play sports in high school? And that's where we talk about life experiences. That's exactly right. Um, you know, life experience, such as their family, their sports, extracurricular, you know, were they in band? Were they in drama? Were they, you know, what were these things? This is going to help you understand who they are and how you can leverage those experiences. So the reason I've put that concept of leveraging their experiences, high school sports is a great example. 
Um, generally people that play sports, not always, but, you know, generally speaking, if we're profiling someone, if they played sports in high school, or especially if they played sports in college, there's a competitive nature to them. There's a, there's a sense of competition that they have. Now, the other question is what sport did they play? You know, if you take someone that, as an example, you take someone that, um, was an excellent golfer, that is all about the individual. That is about me being better for myself, right? But you take someone that was a, um, um, take someone that maybe was a, a, uh, a basketball player or a football player, much more of a team sport. Well, that's going to be slightly different, but you can leverage those experiences to help them excel um, and help them perform even better. So you want to take these experiences and understand them. And the longer you know someone, the more you can get to know these things about their experiences so that you can leverage those and help them leverage those to perform even better in the role that they're in. So the, the last thing that I want to talk about specific to this is in order to evaluate the condition of your team, kind of the high level topic we're talking about today, to evaluate the condition of your team, you must know the individual and you've got to be intentional, intentional about building these relationships with each person and go beyond just the surface level. And I've made this mistake before. I've seen this mistake being made that um, we sort of know our employees. And especially if you have employees that normally don't work in the office with you. But right now, a lot of employees are working remote. Well, it's easy to get disconnected whenever that is happening. It's easy to sort of forget about uh, some of the, the personal relationship that comes along with the team that we have. And so if we think about these five areas, you know, the, the, their strengths, their heart, their attitude, their personality, their experiences, this will help you get to know the individual better to make sure that they can perform well. And the other thing is it helps create more loyalty to you because now you've been able to build a personal relationship with them. So the, the sort of the action item um, that, that I'm going to mention in this is that right now, yeah, we have some ebbs and flows when things are really, really busy. But generally speaking, we've got a little extra capacity right now from what we normally have. And what I'm going to recommend is that you take some time over the next few days or over the next couple of weeks and write out all of your direct reports and write these things out, S-H-A-P-E, and jot down a note or two about each of these things. Jot down a note or two about what you think their strengths are, what their heart is, what their attitude, their personality. Write some of those things out. And if you find a gap in there, if you say, you know, I'm thinking about Jane Doe and I just can't, you know, I don't know that I really know Jane's heart that well. Well, then that's where you need to focus. That's where you can focus some time right now to try to get to know that a little bit better. Because what we need to be doing now is preparing ourselves and our team for when things do get back to normal. And this is a great way of doing it. Because if you can come back even stronger as a team, as a unit, then when you came into all of this chaos, then the agency, the company is going to be so much better off. And the other thing this is going to do is it's going to create a lot of loyalty from your team because they know that you actually care about them and you've gotten to know them on a personal level. Here's the other thing that you need to do. You've got to understand your shape. So that same exercise you need to be doing for yourself as well. Understanding what your strengths, what your heart, what your attitude, what your personality, what your experiences. Jot down a couple of notes about that and then ask the question, 
does my team know those things about me? And if not, then those are things that you need to be communicating as well. Help them understand you just as well as you are going to understand them. And again, I want to thank you in our podcast community for checking out this week's episode and getting a glimpse into what it's like to be part of the Employer Blueprint community. It's the online mastermind to help you build a great team and develop your leadership skills. If if you think this is something that you might be interested in, I'd love to talk to you more about that and let you get connected in and check out one of our meetings. Again, we meet twice a month on Friday morning, and uh, we take a few minutes to go over topics like this, and then we open it up just as what we call open forum, giving members an opportunity to to ask questions, share advice, get insights and expertise. So I'd love to get you connected into that. Thank you so much for checking out the episode and we'll see you next week. Thanks for joining us on the Employer Blueprint Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the show to receive the latest episodes. For more information on how Employer Blueprint can help build great teams in your business, visit employerblueprint.com or to inquire about Kyle speaking at your next event, visit kylegorman.com. And until next time, make it a great day. Today's episode was produced by Just You Marketing for all of your podcast needs. Just You Marketing has you covered. Be sure to hit the subscribe button before you leave today and leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts. If you have any questions, we'd love to hear from you and you could reach us at podcast at employerblueprint.com.